Joe and I have been playing around with artificial intelligence, chat GPT, and I thought we'd go a little lighthearted on this episode and do some random questions that I found from chat GPT and ask Joe about his experience using chat GPT this week. Dudes in progress. Hello, Kurt. Man, did you touch a a subject with me? I am loving ChatGPT. <laughs> I know. It. I am loving it, dude. I really am. I'm so glad uh, that we're going to talk about this and and uh, whatever whatever extent we talk about it on this show, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> I know. I kind of held you back a little bit because I want to have more investigation research and work with it a little bit more but you have been excited the last couple of saturday mornings that we've gotten together and we've done a couple of experiments i think we'll talk about first as we and i would like to do something in depth on artificial intelligence and learn more about it but if everything's going all right as we speak today i am leaving for disney world going to be gone almost two weeks and so I thought we'd do something a little lighter. We're going to, I'm excited that we're going to have our Dudes in Progress podcast episodes. We're not going to miss a beat. And if everything went right, I'm having a great time in Disney World. For those of you that tuned in, expecting uh, a continued discussion on uh, limiting beliefs, we are going to have a part three on limiting beliefs. Uh, but we thought it'd be a good idea just to throw in something a little lighthearted as Kurt heads off to his, uh, to his vacation. So if you've tuned tuned in for limiting beliefs, we'll have that next week. Fair enough. I like All right, it. thank you. <laughs> I heard you out there answering me. <laughs> this is a one way conversation, you know that, Joe, right? Yeah. <laughs> we learned about artificial intelligence from our friend Clay that we meet with on Saturday morning. I remember earlier this year, he was dabbling in this space and talked about some different software. Put that in the back of my mind and. You've t- heard me talk about Descript, a software package that uses artificial intelligence, and it's been tremendous in my podcast efforts and a big part of me being able to get episodes edited and sound great. This year, I invested $30 a month in that program and I've talked about it. But ChatGPT, also, we've been using, I didn't. Even I don't think I even said this, Joe, but for our episodes we've been doing recently on the law of attraction, a lot of the information I'm going right to chat GPT and asking questions. I really like chat GPT. Chat GPT is not the only one. It's probably the best, but also Google has something called Google Bard, B-A-R-D, that is a an artificial intelligence large language model. Microsoft Edge has a a chat feature that actually uses ChatGPT4 as its foundation. Uh, that is very easy to use. Mm. Uh, but I pr- I prefer Chat ChatGPT. This isn't necessarily a show about ChatGPT because I know you have five random questions you want to get into. But do you want to talk about ChatGPT a little bit? I do because I know again you've been really 
excited about it. You, what was it last weekend? You spent most of your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> don't read my mail out loud, dude. <laughs> am I, I don't know if I'm overstating that. I apologize if I am. We were talking about how I've enjoyed recently going with my daughter to New York City for Broadway shows. And you gave me a script. I think it's really important to understand how to talk to chat GPT. I think you'll talk mm-hmm. about that. And I think we asked it to write a Broadway show based off of a, a longtime story. And I, I used yeah. the Count of Monte Crisco, if I remember right. Right. And my daughter did remind me. I asked her about this on our last trip to New York City. I said, these were some of the shows that it gave me back that are stories that are not or have never been on Broadway. And she found a couple that probably were, I think if I remember right, but regardless, it did like a whole thing. And we asked it for a different, I remember, I don't remember exactly how we asked it, but do it in the, in the theme of this writer or the music in the the spirit of this composer. And it gave me act one, act two, act three, and really format it as if it was a playwright. I did this Thursday night just for kicks and giggles. My wife and I are planning a vacation to Lisbon, Portugal next year, two weeks. And so I asked ChatGPT to act as a, basically my prompt was act as a, a travel agent that is very experienced in sending um, uh, ignorant Americans uh, on, on a visit to Europe. Okay. Okay. And then I said, now we, and then I told it where I told it how we're planning a vacation. Let me just, do you mind if I read this prompt I, to you? I'm very interested in this one for sure. And let me see if I can find it. So that I told you that I told you the first part. Okay. While you're, while you're looking that up, Joe, can I just finish our story where you said to me, ask chat GPT for some song titles for this Broadway production. And my yeah, gosh, yeah. it was spot on. And then he said that, and then you got even more excited. Okay. Now you've got the song title. Take one of those song titles and ask ChatGPT to write the song. <laughs> it was kind and of it wrote amazing. the song. It was kind of amazing. <laughs> now I know we'd have to. I was wondering after we did that, can it write the the music and give me some good melodies? I don't know about that, but it was, yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty impressive. It's pretty. It has some work, but it's pretty impressive. Right. It was uh, kind of so fun here's to the do. prompt I gave you the. I gave you the first prompt. Act as act as a travel agent that specializes in sending ignorant Americans on trips to Europe. Please create an itinerary for a two-week vacation to Lisbon, Portugal. My wife and I are visiting Lisbon, Portugal in May of 2024 for a vacation. It will be just the two of us. We want our time there to be relaxing and low-key. We don't want to drive very much, if at all. We want to experience the local culture, the beautiful geography, and the beaches. We are both light drinkers, but never to excess. We love food and want to try local fare. Please avoid unsafe areas in Lisbon. Before returning the itinerary, please feel free to ask me questions that may help you in your task. Okay? Very so, natural language. Very natural language. And here's something I've discovered of, about ChatGPT. I get better results when I treat ChatGPT as a, as a person. I'm starting to worry I about say, you, please. Joe. <laughs> yeah. I say, please, and thank you, and what do you think about this? Right. 
and things, words like that, just like my, yeah. my, my description. And you continue the conversation um, when it responds, you. Right. Can, I continue the conversation. Yeah. I, and I'll say stuff like, wow, that was great. Good job. <laughs> because what I, what I'm, what I found out and what I'm finding out is it, it captures that information yeah. and uses it for the future, for future results in the chat. Interesting. It says, okay, well, he liked that. So I'm going yeah. to remember that he liked that. And return similar results. And I know you. So here was chat. So the, there's a free version, but you purchased the monthly twenty dollars. Yeah, I paid twenty dollars a month for Chat GPT four. Yeah. yeah, I'm not quite sure it's worth it. Other than chat with Chat GPT four, you can enable plugins for like weather and stuff right. like that. And it's and it seems to be faster and more in depth. But I may I may have some bias here simply because I'm paying money for it. Okay. Uh, so that was where I left it was before returning the itinerary, please feel free to ask me questions that may help you in your task. Wow. And it says, of course, before I create the itinerary for your two week vacation to Lisbon, I'd like to gather some additional information to ensure the trip is tailored to your preferences. Hmm. This is a computer talking to me. Okay. Uh, and it asks, it asks me very, you know, a series of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions. Nice. And I answered those questions. All right. All right. It asked me about my activity level, whether we have our hotel and air travel accommodations set. It asked me about uh, where we're staying in the city. It asked me about potential food restrictions. What kind of inter- what of our what is our entertainment budget once we get there? Okay. The the kind of money we want to spend. Right. What is the event? And this is an anniversary trip. And a couple of, and a couple other questions. And it took less than thirty seconds. Less than 30 seconds Amazing for it to spit out a day-by-day itinerary. And then I realized that, uh, and then I looked at the itinerary and I realized, well, I can't, we can't do all 14 days. Okay. We can only do about 10 days because we're going to have a few days of travel. Right. 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 So I said, you'll get a kick at this. Oh, I'm so sorry. I realized that we won't be there for 10 days. Please, please limit (laughs) the itinerary to 10 days because I did not account for travel time. Also, add in two more beach days, because I said I wanted to go to the beach, okay. right? And I noticed in its itinerary, it only had one beach day. And I said, add, add in two more beach days. All right? Okay? Isn't that funny? Uh, hilarious. And then it says, certainly, certainly, here's a revised 10-day itinerary for your stay in Lisbon, incorporating two more beach days. And it gave me a 10-day itinerary. Uh, a full-on itinerary. All right? Now, I'm not an itinerant vacationer, um, but it seems to know me, and it doesn't get, give okay. a, like, uh, a time by time. It kind of gives generality. Yeah. You, you go visit. You might want to go visit this place. You might want to go visit this place. Right. Uh, prepare a meal for your evening, stuff like that. So I decided to stress test this a little bit, and I, and I sent it to my wife, and I said, look up these places it's telling us to go. Right. Look up these events, these beaches that it's telling us to go. Uh, look up the the time from where we're staying that it's telling us to go, and without exception, it was spot on. Good. It's places we we would definitely want to visit. It's places it's they're places close to where we're staying. Uh, they're all kind of safe areas, easy to get around. It it talks about yeah. about local transit, uh, the local transit process there. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. I know you got to trust but verify because I've heard of this concept of hallucination, hallucination with artificial intelligence. I've asked for sources on some information that I'm that I try to find, and I have found a, a couple times, not a lot, 
but a couple times it just made crap up. <laughs> <laughs> fictional name, fictional resource, fictional publication date, the whole thing. And you think, how does it do that? Why does it do that? You know, mm. but I'm, I'm rarely an early adopter on stuff, but I'm an early adopter here, man. I am all in for this stuff because let's, let's say it only gets you 80% of the way there. Mm. Let's say it's 80%. That's 80% of the work you don't have to do. Right. It is like having a personal assistant. I've asked it to write letters for me. I've asked it to make lists for me. I've asked it to give me the weather. I've asked mm-hmm. it for movie summaries uh, to to tell me about a movie without with without spoilers. And I've asked it to tell me a movie about movies with spoilers. It has a couple limitations. The information that it has is only from September 2021 back, but I think it has just moved mm-hmm. from September 21 to January 22. I just, I'm telling you, embrace this stuff. Check it out. Go to chat.openai.com, chat.openai.com, and use their free version. I think you'll be blown away by it. And experiment, be creative. You've got some random questions for us, right? Yeah, we've been using chat GPT, and I use that for these random questions. I said, what are some random questions I can use for a podcast that are interesting to discuss with a co-host? Certainly, here are some random and interesting podcast discussion questions that can spark engaging conversation between you and your co-host. Now, he gave me 15. And then after that, I, I looked right through them and they said, can you give me 20 more? So I didn't repeat that question. And yet they use that previous prompt, if you will, to continue that and they did and i took i looked at all 35 of these i'm just going to give you i think five of them for today okay joe so in fairness i've not heard any of these questions you have kurt all right do a little disclaimer here and this is very similar to what i do uh on my podcast the simple joe at the simple joe.com that's what i do i have thursday's random questions and i do something very similar i pull i pulled questions at random so i can answer them off the cuff improvisationally off the top of my head, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say it from the hip, uh, just to see where it takes us. So this is going to be fun. And if I cheated a little bit, and if if they ask you, you know, for one answer, you can give multiple answers. I gotta, that could be fun to add a little color sure. to it too. But here's your first one. But in in fairness, if Kurt's if if Kurt's answers are better than mine, he's had some chance to prepare. That's true. <laughs> Smart Alec. Let's do this, man. If you could interview. Any historical figure, who would it be, and what would you ask them? The first person that comes to mind, and this will be no surprise to you, and I've used this answer in some of my other questions when it asked me about my experience with historical figures. Um, uh, I would probably say Jesus Christ. Uh, I would ask them, what is it like to be God, wow. but have the limitations of a human? Because that's if if you if you read read the Bible, God emptied Himself of godly rights. What was it like growing up, knowing that you were God, but you couldn't do anything about the bully picking on you? What would it, what was it like to to experience heartache and disappointment and tragedy in your life? Now I would have to catch him before he died in order to talk to him. Right. Right. So this would be pre crucifixion. Right. So one question I would ask him is, hey, you know what's coming, dude, right? 
Jesus, you know that you're about to die on a cross. You know that that's, that's the plan. How do you feel about that? And in, in fact, in the Bible, he talks about, uh, if there's any other way, God, please take this, this way from me. If there's any other way, please take this way from me. And so I would ask him about his relationship with his family and his friends and why he, how he balanced being human with being God, knowing that he had this path ahead of him. Emotionally, how are you handling this? I would ask him questions like that. Did that answer the question, do you think? Absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking you're acting so calm in the presence of Jesus and asking them questions. I, I wonder if he really would be. Would you be nervous? Yeah, I would be nervous. I would be nervous. Okay. Good answer. I don't know why this popped in my head. You ever see the movie The Shack? Yes. Oh my gosh, I I love it and hate it at the same time. Yeah, how come? Just because of the 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 storyline. I don't want to I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but I'm a dad, right? Okay. Yeah, I don't I'm like a dad questions. that loves their loves their, their yes, child. That's really hard. And to have that yeah. happen is Yes. I agree with you 100%. I didn't know the book was going to take that path and it 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 unsettled me for a long right. time. Yeah, it's I agree with you there. But what I was thinking about is the way the character casually is conversing with Jesus. Mhm. In that. Yeah. As a friend I wonder if that's the way your conversation with him would go, or is it more of a, you know, a prominent figure that is talking down to you? Well, there would be, I would, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so because Jesus was human, right? Jesus made himself human for that very reason to experience humanity as a human. Um, Not that he had to, but just so we could have a relationship with him so we could and when you have a relationship, that means you're relating right. to somebody. And just so we could relate to Jesus and understand that God made himself a human being so we could relate to mm. him. I think of the miniseries, The Chosen, too. I think that character who portrayed Jesus was very conversational and relaxed. and Definitely. Yeah. That was very one of the human. That I liked about that. All right. I'll give you my answer. Which is no surprise. I don't think yours. This is where I I may go into a couple others, and I, I think you'll agree with me on the other ones too. But of course, I put Walt Disney, mm. and I put definitely down. What was it like growing up? And I, I asked that question because I know his father was not supportive of his creative endeavors, especially in the time when Walt was growing up. You would you would pick up a trade, maybe, maybe not a whole lot different than even some of us that are parents. They don't encourage some of these creative pursuits, and I think his dad, his dad tried a lot of different jobs and and businesses and and that kind of thing. But I think he was really discouraged into going into being a cartoonist and and playing in that childlike space. So I would, I would like to know more about that and getting into how did he overcome so much adversity? First of all, in being an artist and the rejection and building an animation studio, recovering from losing his first character, Oswald, who was, he was really cheated. 
and lost out on the royalties, which really forced him into the creation of Mickey Mouse. Mm. And then Disneyland, and even later, he's in his 50s when he started to work on Disneyland. Not in his mind. I think he was over a 25-year period, people speculate, had a vision of Disneyland. And then, of course, he started laying out the plans for Walt Disney World. So I would; those are some of the questions I would ask ask him, but also Ben Franklin and other founding fathers of America. You know what I would when I ask what I would want to ask Walt Disney is, I would want to show him what Disney is today. Mm. Show him. The Disney Channel. Yeah. Show him oh. Walt Disney World France. Yeah. Walt the 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 city that Walt that Disney World is now. Right. Um show him what Disney is now. What Disney and not shy away from some of the some of the more controversial stuff. Right. What Disney is politically now. Right. What how Disney is run as a business, how Disney is run as a corporation, uh how Disney markets itself. And ask him. How do you feel about all this, Walt? Yeah, the good and the bad. I agree. Yeah, and, and that would be really curious because For he sure. never saw, I'm not sure he ever even envisioned this. Because he couldn't have. He couldn't have envisioned a streaming channel. Sure. Or, you know, all the he was big on the technology and advancements in his world. And to see, he never saw the way they do the animation with computer generated and all that kind of stuff there's oh my gosh what a conversation this all could be wouldn't it yeah that would be awesome (laughs) yeah i didn't mean to change the subject into the the founding fathers but i am definitely love american history or any kind of history but i think it's pretty fascinating the men who and the women who came together to form our country and go back to that time period and, and see what it was like and what was going through their minds and how they got to the the formation of the country. So yep, another area that would be cool. All right, let's good one. Let's go to the next question. If you could live in a fictional world from a book, movie, or TV show, which one would it be and why? A fictional world. Hmm. Book, movie, or two TV things show. come to mind. Okay. Two. Uh, so, all right. I would love to hang out at the office. <laughs> I would love to hang out at the office. I would love to interact with those guys. I would love to, I would love to needle Dwight. Uh, I'd like to give Jim a hard time. Uh, you you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I would love to hang show. out at the office. Yeah, it is. I would, I would love to work at the office and uh, I'd love to hang out with Creed and his weirdness. Right. Having Michael as a boss would be awesome for me. I think it'd be great. So yeah, if, but the problem with that is it's fictional, but my gosh, I know every single one of those characters. If you've spent any time working in corp in a corporate office, you know, every single one of those characters. And so, yeah, uh, it would probably be the office for me. I like that. Uh, that's what there. comes. Yeah. That's what comes to mind right away. You're so good on the, uh, you're so good with improvising on these you're much better than i am and i think i would like working at the office because no work ever gets done that's a good point point. <laughs> and but here's the funny thing the work gets done 
no work gets done, but results happen, which is the perfect world. <laughs> you don't have to do anything, but stuff happens. <laughs> they stay in business somehow. I don't know what they're doing. I love the office. I do. My wife does. Too. Uh, it would be so cool to, to just work, work with those people with all their weirdness and their, their idiosyncrasies uh, and how they think about life. I love it. And every single time I see that show, I laugh heartily, even to this day. Uh, so yeah, if, if that answers your question, I'm going to, I'm going to go with that answer. A good answer. I love it. My wife, Margita is going to love both of our answers. This is something I see her watching more. She's dedicated to some of these channels where you can go through all of the episodes, especially the old time shows. So mine is going to be Gilligan's Island. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Kurt, that would be awesome. Can you see why? I mean, a deserted tropical Island. You got plenty of shelter, food and water, which I said to her, what are the chances <laughs> that things would be so I, awesome stranded Listen. on a deserted Island? Listen, if you can build a radio out of coconuts, <laughs> you can probably figure out how to fix a boat. <laughs> That's right. How come they never get rescued? But people are dropping 15 by. Years. Every- 15 years, man. They're on that island for 15 years. Every week, somebody's dropping by, but they never get rescued. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember being a little kid watching Gilligan's Island, and if I if I had to pick my crush for Gilligan's Island, you know the big debate, yeah, between Ginger and Marianne. Uh-huh. For me, when I was a little kid, Marianne won every single time. Oh, perfect! I just thought she was the cutest little yeah. thing, man. When I was watching that show, I mean, I'm like, wow, that's she's true. a pretty girl. Well, I watch it now, and I'm all about Ginger. So. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason why I'd like to be there stranded with Ginger. <laughs> what an attractive woman, too. From, yeah. From that day. Uh, Their characters are quite funny, too. No doubt. And no doubt. The bumbling between the Skipper and Gilligan is so Laurel and Hardy, like stolen right from that. Oh, it's perfect. I know. It's perfect. But, yeah. So, you we know, know, Lance, Lance Russell, um, who played the professor. Did not like that role. Mm. He he thought it was temporary. He thought it'd be a, a short gig to get him over the hump. Yeah. He he did not like playing the professor. Right. We talked about this in our last episode, how these creative pursuits, you don't know what's going to stick with the audience. Right. And a lot of these actors had no expectation for any of this to stick in any form at all. I think of this show, there's so many of them, but you know, when I, when I think about if I have an honorable mention to that question, it would be probably be the Andy Griffith show. Hmm, I know you like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it just feels good. It's a beautiful setting and oh gosh, it's just country. Nice. Beautiful. No stress. Hey, listen, I have a friend of mine who is a comedian. His name's Rick Roberts, R I K Roberts. Yeah. Rick Roberts. Who's a stand-up comedian uh, that does a great Barney imitation, and he's he's a hilarious guy, uh, a, a pal of mine from Nashville, and you should check him out, Rick Roberts. Just look him up. Love it. All right, number three. 
What's the most valuable lesson you've learned from a failure in your life? The most valuable lesson I've learned from a failure in my life. I can think of so many failures. To come up with one valuable lesson is difficult. So let me think about my failures in life. And I'm not going to, I'm, it'll, I'm going to process them very quickly in my head here as I go through this. When I think about the failures in my life, I think about, okay, this is deep, okay? I think about my failures as a father and where I really dropped the ball and where I really uh, could have done better. Uh, early in my, this is really me being intimate. So uh, early as in, in, my, in my fatherhood, I was a father very early, and I was so concerned about doing it right. We talked about perfectionism last week. <laughs> I was so concerned about doing it right, Kurt, uh, that uh, I went, I, I think in many cases I went overboard mm-hmm. and I, I thought, okay, it's my job to raise a productive citizen, a, a good person, somebody with a good work ethic and values and somebody that is honest. And all I had all these, this list of what I thought a person should be. And I carried that mindset for a long time, unfortunately. Now, if you talk to my kids now, it's not nearly what I have. I, I, the picture is, I paint the picture worse than it actually is. Right. That said, wow, am I able to offer some really good advice to my, to my kids? Am I, am I'm able to offer some really good advice to young parents. Uh, I'm able to offer some really good life advice, general life advice that, that has carried through other areas in life. Like you don't, not everything is a hill that you should die on. And there was a time as a parent, I thought there was every hill was a hill you should be willing to die on instead of trying to mold your child. Just let your child unfold, right? Let them be who they're going to be. And you kind of keep them within certain liberal boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So they don't die, but let them be who they're going to be and let them grow and, and blossom into the person they're going to be. Uh, You're naturally going to have influence. You don't have to exert your influence on them. You're naturally going to have influence. Yeah. And they're watching. Right. Your children are watching everything you do. You are a 24-hour example to your children. Mm, so point. be careful what you say, do, and act, because they're learning from you even when you're not teaching them. Yeah, more than what you're saying. Sure. I agree. And you can take those lessons into all areas of life. In business, not, not every hill is a hill I'm willing to die on. In business, sometimes you have to let, let the situation unfold. You don't have to be the molder, be the creator, you know, be the chiseler, be, be the, be the guider, mm. let it unfold within certain parameters to keep it safe. Nice. So, yeah, I, I, I think I made a lot of mistakes as a dad, uh, and, uh, and I've learned from those mistakes and I'm able to take those lessons and to apply them not only to a lot of areas in life, but. Even even advice to 
to young parents and my my own children. Mm. As usual, great in-depth and vulnerable answer from Joe. This is an area where Joe and I are complete opposites. I can never think of failures that I've had or cared about or had any interest. I, of- I want to back up a little bit. I'll be honest with you. I, I appreciate that about you, but the, the fact, this isn't me being braggadocious, maybe, but the fact that I am able to recognize failures and look back and say, okay, yes, you dropped the ball there, dude. I think that's a strength of mine. I failed accounting in college, a complete hmm. F, and which is surprising to me because I cruised through high school. I did everything last minute. It was not difficult whatsoever for me, and I thought I could do the same thing in college. <laughs> Guess what? Hmm. I learned freshman year, freshman accounting. It's funny. I talked to other people that go to college and take accounting. And so I can't believe you failed accounting. It's so easy. Not at Bentley University, as they call it these days, who specialized in some of the top accounting professionals in the country. They made a point of trying to weed out the big class of 150 people after the first exam. I think to my credit, I said, you know what? I don't care. I'll take the F, but I'm going to stay. And I kept going to the class. And then when I took it the next semester, I got a nice A. In that course, I, I related to the professor better. You know what I learned? I learned how to study. I learned how to put a program together that made me successful, which was get out of my dorm room and go up to the library and dedicate time to studying. No matter what I did, I had places in my schedule that I absolutely put a process together, like Joe would say. Honor to the process. And really from that, I, I learned a really valuable lesson by failing accounting in college. But it's put me on a really a, a path of lifelong learning, too, and dedicated to right. learning. And it's helped in my career, too. A little humility helps, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that one sure did. That, was, that one hurt to tell my parents <laughs> at the time. So I want to back up a little bit to my answer. Because when I look at my children right now, I'm, I, I didn't fail. Right. I didn't fail. My kids, my, you know, my oldest daughter has her MBA, a doctorate degree. She's an amazing mother, uh, fun-loving, uh, creative, uh, driven type A. My middle daughter uh, has, is pursuing her psychology degree. She's compassionate and fun-loving and articulate in, in how she, in, in how she frames her arguments and how she frames her, 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 um, um, her discussions. She's just, just a strong, uh, strong woman. And my youngest daughter is an incredible mother, uh, loves, uh, loves her, her, her son and is, uh, is moving through life, uh, cautiously now and, uh, understands, understands the, uh, the impact that she can have on the world around her. And just, I have amazing children, Kurt, and I don't want anybody to think that I use that, that the idea that I, I, uh, uh, that is a failure, that my kids are incredible. Mm. They're incredible. Yeah, I agree, Joe. We're hard on ourselves. Yeah. 
but I did learn. Right. I did learn from my, from my own perceived failures as a father. Yeah, I agree. You, you definitely analyze it and look back and think about it and, and, and work to improve. You know, we've been recording. I'm into this almost 50 minutes. I think I'm going to wrap it right up there. I'll save some of the others at another time. What's your win for the week? My win for the week is uh, we booked our trip to Lisbon, Portugal. Now, I told you earlier about how part of, part of making the plans for Lisbon, Portugal. So we booked and made our plans for Lisbon, Portugal. We have a really strong idea for what we're going to do and where we're going to stay and how that will flesh out. Now, I'm not an itinerant vacationer. I love to like kind of leave things open and let, mm. let things unfold as they, as they will. Uh, but a trip like this, a significant trip like this, mm. you got to have some kind of plan in place yeah. so that you, do, you just don't go there and waste your time, yeah. right? So we have booked our trip. We've made our plans for Lisbon, Portugal, and we are, we're just about, well, I'd say we're 85% of the way there. Mm. Joe, I'll give you my advice that we talk about on my podcast over and over again. It's probably the number one piece of advice, and I think this fits in what you're talking about, and that is to have the bones of your trip, the must-dos, the highlights that you want to hit, and leave plenty of margin for that serendipitous, or you, you learn something while you're there and say, hey, honey, let's, let's change, let's do this today instead. Right. Leave, right. leave space for that. And that's that's perfect advice. I have friends, and I have gone on long weekends with with who are very itinerant vacationers, and it's brutal to be with them. Exactly, because their mindset is, "Hey, we're here in fill in the blank. We're here in the Rocky Mountains. We need to see everything about the Rocky Mountains." Right, and you don't, you just don't live. Yeah, and you're just instead of enjoying the moment. You're off running right. off to the next thing. Well, you're you're not enjoying the moment because you're trying to figure out how to get to the next moment. Exactly. Right. Right. Good. Yeah. So Good yeah. Plan. Thanks for asking because we. Thanks for asking because I'm I'm really glad that we we booked our trip and made our plans for Lisbon, Portugal. I love how, how you yours? got it. You know, a year planned out because you can spend plenty of time researching and kicking things around. Definitely. So my win for the week, my friend Wendy Fox, who you may know sent me a text message on Wednesday. She's doing a quest for geek and glory scavenger hunt on our Sunday event for my G three down in Disney world. And she liked, she saw me on a video. I was on a Facebook video live with my friend, Tony Ann and Dave from their podcast, the Disney crush. And I showed the beer flights that I was building and I had planned on, I had two done and that was going to be it. I was going to build one more for a friend, but had that one started and she says you know what that would be perfect for our team that wins the scavenger hunt and i need four of them (laughs) and i went to panic mode because my friend judy was leaving on friday and here it was wednesday afternoon and i had to finish these oh my gosh i said to her i think i can finish them but the paint might be still wet But I was able to finish those and get them done, and they are on their way to Orlando right now in Judy's car. Perfect. Congratulations. That's awesome. I'm glad all my plans have come together. Yep. Joe, what's your resource for the week? 
This may sound like a, a weird resource, but it, it piggybacks on last week's or the week before's resource. Not last week's, but the week, bef- week before's resource. Uh, there are three places that I'm no longer going to take my phone. And actually, I've added a fourth place, and I think this list will grow. The three places that I'm uh, right now, the four places that I'm not going to take my phone, let's just leave it at that, are, are I'm not going to take it into restaurants when I'm having dinner with another human being. If I'm by myself, that's a little different. I'm not going to take it into church anymore. And I'm not going to take it into, uh, I'm not going to take it to bed. I've also added, I'm not going to take it into the bathroom with me anymore. Wow. Into a bathroom stall, right? <laughs> I'm not. I guarantee if we, if we, if all of us who have, who have, uh, who have mobile phones stop taking our phone into the stall with us, I guarantee our, our productivity in life will go up by 20% because we waste so much time sitting in the bathroom stall looking at our phones. <laughs> so that in mind, <laughs> that in mind, oh my, gosh. Uh, my resource for the week is a Bible, a, a real handheld Bible, a right. Bible that has paper right. and a cover. Right. Now, why is that a resource, a, a, a resource for me, a new resource? Because for as long as I can remember, Recently, in recent memory, I've either looked up the Bible, Bible verses or read the Bible on my phone, or I've used a Kindle, all right? Well, I don't carry my Kindle with me everywhere I go, and until I made these new rules about where I'm going to take my phone, I would read, I would read with, my Bible, with the Bible on my phone. Well, the problem is, if I'm not taking my phone into church anymore, I'm not taking access to the Bible anymore, right? Right. And I have a 6.30 Tuesday morning Bible study with some friends of mine. And uh, if I'm not taking my phone into restaurants anymore, when I'm, have, when I'm having a, a meal with other humans, I don't have access to my Bible. So I bought, for the first time in probably 15 years, an actual physical Bible. Yeah. And that's my resource. <laughs> a physical Bible. That you can read at church and in restaurants. Let me ask you this. Would this be a great use and productive time if you were to take your new Bible into the bathroom? Into the bathroom? (laughs) Answer it. Answer my question. So how productive, how much time would I waste? In a bathroom stall, if I took the Bible, <laughs> uh, probably a lot, probably a lot, you know, <laughs> I think we could argue that was productive time well spent. So the Bible I bought, I bought off Amazon, of course, and it was only like eight or $9, Kurt. Yeah. And it's a beautiful handheld Bible with, it, with a kind of a leatherette uh, finish on, on the cover. And it's the NLT version. I prefer uh, the, I don't prefer the NLT version, but it's an easy read version if I had to yeah. pick one. So there it is. I need the large. There's print. my resource. I bought a Bible. Get me the large print version. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll go off of that a little bit. I know you got it from Amazon. We were talking about it was good price. You got it quickly and you're happy with it. And I'm going to bring this up again, because again, for my event, I ordered lots of swag and discount promos on amazon.com is the company that has delivered. And here's the thing. 
free of charge for shipping. Now, when I've ordered large quantities of glassware, especially, the shipping is just crazy in cost. And with Amazon's Prime shipping, just delivered such... I, I got little beer flight glasses that come in three big boxes, free shipping. So I'm really just paying for the cost of the material. And I had another one show up. I think they're getting more business. People are finding out about this and mm. the quality of the, what they're delivering to me is good on the printing and all of that. So I've, I think I've mentioned this once before, but I just want to give another shout out to discount promos. and. The customer service was fantastic. You put up a a graphic and they give you a, a draft of that and give you an idea of what it's going to look like on the glassware that I'm doing. And I've chatted with them and and had some live person responding to me, which was part of the reason why I wanted to try them, see if they could give that customer experience for Amazon with a separate vendor. So that's my resource for this week. Let's finish up, Joe, with our quote for the week. I the the quote that I uh, that I have is from uh, Edward Everett Hale. He is a he was a Unitarian minister, uh, an author, um, speaker from the I guess he, probably the eighteen hundreds. I would say eighteen hundreds. I think he died in early nineteen hundred. But uh, Everett uh, Edward Everett Hale says, "I am." only one but i am one i cannot do everything but i can do something and i will not let what i cannot do interfere with what i can do oh wow yeah i like that a lot a lot of times you don't think you're having any impact when in fact the little that you do quite often has big impact especially if you do it over and over again absolutely yeah you can't do everything Right. But you can do something. You don't want to even if it's one thing. Yeah. And that that the then part really, really cut me deep uh in a good way. I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do. Oh yeah. So what can you do? That's fantastic. Good stuff. I gotta keep that in mind. Because I always think the same thing. What what difference am I really making? And you'd be shocked to know the little that you can Definitely. do. Definitely. The problem is you don't see it immediately. Right. It can lock you up. Why do anything? Yep. If you're not going to have any Definitely. impact. I asked chat GPT to give me 10 famous quotes around critics. We were talking about criticism. Hmm. Okay. And it gave me 10 and I used one in the last episode that I liked. And then one of them seemed a little bit humorous. So I said, what are some funny quotes about criticism? So my quote for the week is, a critic is a legless man who teaches running. (laughs) Right? Isn't it true? The people that are your biggest critics know nothing about what they're talking about. (laughs) That's funny. They have no insight. That That used to drive me nuts when I was a high school basketball player. Basketball was a big thing in the town that I grew up in, and everywhere I ran, everywhere I ran to, everywhere I went, there was a critic. They had no idea what was going on right. in the inside, the things that we went That's through exactly as a team, right. and uh, 
as a kid that used to drive me it caused a lot of stress and drove me nuts but and that's a good that's a good uh that's a good position for us to hold as for our for us to hold individually to say okay if i'm going to be critical of something or someone what is my what is my foundation for this criticism am i a man with no legs <laughs> trying to teach somebody how to run because if so, I've I've got a problem. That's right. Right? Uh, what is my what? Because I think critics are good. Right. I I, so I I want people who I love and trust to be critical of me sometimes. In fact, many times, Kurt, uh, I'll send out a letter to my team at work, uh, a list, a, an idea, and I and my first comment is, please give this a critical eye. I know because I I I, I want to invite that criticism. Yeah. Uh, so when we are critical of other people or other things, or other situations, we need to ask ourselves, what foundation do we have to offer this criticism? I just wish other people would do the same to me, but that's a whole different topic for another day, Joe. This was fun. I think we probably learned a little bit and had some fun. You want to take us out? Definitely. Yeah, our website is dudesinprogress.com, dudesinprogress.com. I think over the next month or so, you're going to see some changes in that website. As we make some improvements to the existing site, I think we're going to put a uh, a shell site up uh, that will include all of our all of our episodes, and then uh, I'll do some background work as we catch up our existing site. But that's that's a plan in progress. So, dudesinprogress.com is our website. If you want to go directly to our Facebook page where we engage uh, with other listeners, you can engage with other other listeners and us. We watch that site closely. It's you can go directly there by dudesinprogress.com slash Facebook. Dudesinprogress.com slash Facebook. And if you want to reach out to us, our website is dudesinprogress at our website oh, excuse me. Our email address is dudes at dudesinprogress.com. Dudes at dudesinprogress.com. We we'll watch over that. You'll get a quick response if you want to give us ideas about the show. Uh, some criticism, we welcome that. If you want to give us, uh, if you want to be on the show to discuss a topic that is near and dear to your heart, uh, we'll probably be able to accommodate you. So dudes and pro- dudes at dudesinprogress.com. And as we leave, let's remember, progress is better than perfection. So let's keep moving forward. I will try to do better next week, Joe, as I'm back at work. <laughs> oh, wait. Have a blast, my friend. Thanks, pal. Take care. <laughs>